Hey everyone, I've got some exciting news. We're unlocking Southpaw Deep Space Nine Season 2 and making it available for everyone on our public feed. But if you love our work and want to be the first to listen to Season 3 as it's being released, head over to Patreon. There you'll find break-free versions of past SDS9 episodes, Southpaw and Fight Study, and our other bonus show, Fighters Brew. You'll also find our Liberation Martial Arts program, which is exclusive to our supporters. It's for beginner and advanced martial artists, as well as people just looking for fitness and rehabilitation. It's a gentle, wholesome, and embodied approach to training. Lots of individuals, trainers, families, friends, collectives, activists, and organizations are already using it. So if you want to support our work and get early access to all our great content, including Season 3 of SDS9, go to patreon.com slash southpawpod and join our community. You can also go to southpawpod.com and find the links there or on our show notes. Thanks for listening and catch you soon. This is Southpaw Deep Space Nine Season 2, where we analyze Deep Space Nine and Star Trek from a political and historical lens episode by episode. I'm watching DS9 with fresh and hopefully less fan-biased eyes, and Scott is the veteran Trek fan who knows more context about the show and more context about Star Trek. For now. (laughs) For now. (laughs) One day, me and you are going to be doing a podcast about Discovery, and you're going to be like, Star Trek, I know all the Star Trek. (laughs) One day we'll get to the last episode of this, and then you won't be the only one who's watched all the episodes. Then I will be like, I also watched all the episodes. I look forward to that day, my friend. (laughs) So I guess at that point, I can't watch the old episodes of DS9 with fresh eyes because they'll be stale eyes. But then whatever I watch next, that'll be fresh eyes, right? You'll just watch the Voyager. There you go. It's a joke. (laughs) I have no idea about the qualities of the other franchises, so... That's for another day, comrade. We are discussing Season 2 of DS9, Episode 12, The Alternate. Now, if you remember from our last episode, we're recording this one right after we recorded the previous one. And, you know, we were going through some shit. I... Just had my COVID booster. I took some medication and I am, you know, feeling pretty wrecked because it wrecks me every time. And on top of that, I'm a little lightheaded from the medicine. And then Scott mentioned previously about how he was also going through some shit. Yeah, I had I had a tooth removed today and I also had maybe a gun brandished on me. Um I talked about that story in the last episode. I also feel very comfortable because of this podcast and the supportive nature of all the people that love Southpaw. 
and someone that works in the medical field that um by 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 getting the boosters when they're available especially the new version you are doing a great disservice for the people that cannot for the immunocompromised for the for the people that think that they don't need to do it just and yeah it'll make you feel like shit sometimes but you know gam gam thanks you and my friends with cystic fibrosis thank you and my friends with really bad sleep apnea thank you and and we thank you and even though we're trying to re-piece back the world and and enjoy the world and go out and and figure it out um doing what we can is uh really special and you know you know that uh deep space nine they 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 would support this i saw a recent study maybe you saw the same thing right the more times you catch covid the more likely you are to develop long covid so some people think oh i caught it once i'm more safe and it's like the opposite there's a cascading effect the more times you get it the more likely you are to develop long-term symptoms and problems. I can just tell you from working in the field that I work in that it really does make a difference and helps a lot of people and uh, just like makes a difference. And this feeds right into this episode because there's a lot of shit happening in this episode, a lot of trauma. So, you know, our, our, our favorite shapeshifter our favorite constable Odo uh, is walking in on Quark making a sale. Now, in the Ferengi culture, they really be trying to make money at everything, including when a Ferengi passes away, they cut him up into pogs and sell him. Now, I just realized that that's a <laughs> reference that may be going over each other's heads. So let's just say they, they like, they put them into pieces, and you can buy pieces of a Ferengi person, and that's that's a grift. Literal shares. Yeah, it's like shares of a person. It's like an NFT. Uh, <laughs> you know, nice Ferengi teeth. You know what I'm saying? NFT. <laughs> that's right. So, and Odo's like, this is weird. He's curious of the culture. He's like, why? Would you want to do that? But you know, when when you die, I want to have pieces of you, cause cause fuck you. And it turns out that Quark is selling pieces of someone who's still alive. Um, and then it, that's all set up for Doctor Mora, who's a Bajoran doctor who 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 sort of basically helped raise Odo, um, and is already like, oh, look, your ears are even more ear-like and your nose is even more nose-like and look at you. And there's like this sort of like passive-aggressive um, discomfort from both of them. Um, and Odo is, if you're watching this season and you're paying attention to Odo, he is definitely having some existentialism. He is wondering if there are others like him, if the Gamma Quadrant has answers to his experience, um, it's been it's been lonely for him, and there and he's never found people like him. 
But, you know, Dr. Mora has found signatures that may be sig- similar to him in the Gamma Quadrant. And in doing that, Mora embarrasses Odo a lot, and they they go to this planet, and there's this gas, and it kind of fucks it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm cursing a little bit. Uh, I'm cursing a lot today. So I'm going to work on that again. I did get dental work done and, and that entailed some, <laughs> some help. I went to, uh, you know, Bashir gave me the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get to this planet and there's this gas and it makes everyone pass out and get sick, except not Odo probably because of its structure. And, Odo and Mora have this really reluctant father-son thing, and and Odo's like, I feel no such thing. I feel nothing to you. Whatever. Um, and what we're finding in the station is that there's this like weird gaseous form that's in the station, and it 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 escapes the science lab, it disappears, and it has a signature that is again similar to Odo, and it also like meta metamorphs. And you'll notice in this episode, in the episode that we talked about last week, that it's more like a side character sort of episode. Like there's not a not a ton of band. There's not a ton of the other characters, um, but we do get a little bit of Doctor Horny. Bashir is back, and he's horny. Because he's really back trying to make Bax happen. Bax is, uh, uh, that's Bashir and Dax. That's the shipping that I'm doing. Um, and then the weird shifter thing attacks Bashir. Um, and they're just like trying to match like, like the DNA of Odo and the creature. And the, it's like, it turns out that the organic sample is the same as Odo. And, uh, Mora is just like Mora wants him to come back and work with him. He's worried that Odo's going to continue to be studied, and they're fighting, and um, and like Odo's like, I don't want to be studied anymore. I'm over that shit. And then um, Odo starts melting in like a weird, very extreme way, and it turns out that Odo and this gas creature is the same. Uh, the gas on the quadrant like affected Odo, made him part of him and so they used mora as a lure um so then like the odo gas dude comes through and he gets like fixed by a force field and the gas leaves odo and then odo and mora try to like reconnect and and odo and and mora's like i'd like to see you more and odo's like i'd like that a note to our listeners If you love the Southpaw Project, please support us and help us get paid for our labor by financially supporting us on Patreon. This will give you access to exclusive bonus content, like early releases of Southpaw Deep Space Nine, our fictional narrative podcast, Fighters Brew, break-free versions of our shows without interruptions like you're hearing now, bonus articles, Fighters Brew transcripts with extra content, Liberation Martial Arts Online, as well as our private chat group on Discord. 
You can also make one-time donations at Ko-Fi or show your solidarity by wearing our swag. You can find all pertinent links at southpawpod.com. So a lot to get to here because the play-by-play doesn't really tell you the emotional story that was happening here. So before I get into my analysis, I just want to say this was a really unsettling episode for me. And that even because that's how the writers meant it. I think for the writers, it was a monster of the week episode, but they ended up intentionally and accidentally getting to some very upsetting subject matter. Like I kept thinking about this episode after I was done watching it. This episode starts where the last episode ended. We're going back to financial crimes, which is somewhat refreshing in that in real life and in propaganda, white collar crime doesn't get this much attention. Imagine a cop show all about the financial crime division, and they just went after Wall Street and hedge funds. I'd love it. Right? If this is all cops did, go after crooked bosses and billionaires, I think a lot of people's thoughts on what a cop is would change. But I can still see Westerners being like, going after rich people is still authoritarianism. The indoctrination runs deep. But with this opening scene and the previous Rivals episode, the things that happen in both episodes could only happen because money exists and money is needed to survive. So the real problem is the system. And Odo is just a symptom and tool of that system, not the top of the food chain of the system. We'll see that explicitly later. Then we meet Dr. Mora, and I immediately think of Dr. Moreau. The guy is creepy to me right off the bat. He has no respect for personal space, autonomy, and sees Odo like an unfinished experiment, an unfinished project. I really don't like him. Then we get to a scene with Cisco and Jake about homework and the importance of school and varied subjects, the humanities to make you all rounded because you don't know what you'll be in the future. The point of humanities is to make you more human, which we'll get into with Odo. But continuing with the scene with Jake, this explanation of education makes sense for a Federation officer's kid or in real life, a rich person's kid, because for them, Their future is open-ended, so who knows what they'll need to know because they can be everything. But what elites fail to realize is open-endedness is a privilege. Not every kid can be everything. The system isn't their oyster. The system wants to kill and oppress some of them. So that speech is a nice fantasy, but far from reality. Now, should you be well-rounded and know lots of things? Yes. But whether you know all those things or not, will not open every door. And when they don't, it's not your fault. And it's not because you didn't try hard enough. It's because it's rigged. It's because it's rigged against you from before you were even born. Now, as we learn more about Dr. Mora and his quote-unquote research, we go back to a question from the episode Second Sight about playing God. With Odo, they had no idea what they were dealing with. They didn't even know Odo was alive. So the rules of deciding what's alive What's sentient is out the window. So who are you to experiment with any alien thing? Who are you to decide there's no life on a planet and to terraform it? In our own past, the West saw non-whites, the racialized world, as samples to be collected and studied. The West had human zoos. The legacy of this colonial violence still remains, not just with 
the white supremacy we are aware of, but with stolen DNA, within science, psychology, and medicine, in white cultural hegemony, and what gets to be the default, and what needs to be integrated and assimilated to become more human, developed into a human. These are all ideas and even words Dr. Mora kept using with Odo. Even after learning all this, nothing changes for lots of people. The West is still good. So of course the legacy remains because it's not that horrifying for the West because it didn't happen to them. Wait, World War II and Ukraine is horrifying to them because it's happening to them. Selective horror and empathy. Selective empathy is still white supremacy. In the episode, you see the crew and Dr. Mora on a mission, and they just take samples. They just take artifacts. They're looting and kidnapping. But in the logic of colonizers, they're only exploring. Grabbing shit. Yeah. Even terms like artifacts and samples make it sound like it's there for you to take. Like if you come to my house and see my kid as a sample or a species to catalog or my stuff as artifacts, you could think it's fine to take it. That's why I always tell people white supremacy and colonialism isn't just a government or an organization, it's a framework. And with Odo and Dr. Mora, it's almost an allegory of colonizers taking children from quote-unquote exotic locations to study and raise in the West. They think they're developing them, civilizing them, teaching them to be human, doing them a favor when it's kidnapping. But for the powerful, they can commit major crimes without any self-awareness. It's like if you see them as ants, stepping on them doesn't need any afterthought. This is why it's so problematic when everyone sees Dr. Mora as Odo's father and why Odo resists against it. It's like calling the schoolmaster at a residential school your father, which I'm sure happened. But Dr. Mora does very much think like a schoolmaster, thinking he's done so much for Odo and how Odo owes him. Later, we find out the life form they removed from his habitat died. What if that was the last one of its kind or it was a whole colony? They don't give a fuck. But in Star Trek, the next generation, when Q almost snuffs out what would evolve to be humans within the primordial soup, well, then that's genocide. Other alien species, just samples. Who gives a fuck? And also, Odo, in his natural form, is soup. Yes. Throughout the episode, we see Dr. Mora treating Odo as a freak lab experiment, like the elephant man. But everyone else keeps treating Dr. Mora with respect and reverence. Dr. Mora even makes explicit that some people would put Odo in a zoo, going back to Elephant Man and the human zoo connection. Mora says this as if he didn't already do that to Odo and is asking Odo to come back to the zoo. He gives this whole icky, what I've done for you abuser speech, which literally melts Odo. He gets so mad he melts. Then we find out Odo has been unconsciously attacking the colonizer, the conspirators, the people who killed that other life form. It's Odo's unprocessed trauma. It's internalization where you're not even allowed to be aware of your hatred for your abuser because you've been so gassed. In this case, metaphorically and literally, he had to pretend like he liked Dr. Mora for so long, he believes it. It's like working yourself into a shoot. But his unconsciousness still knows. It's heavy. It's heavy stuff. Then going back to Odo, the cop, being a symptom and tool of the system and not the top of the food chain, when Odo is lashing out at the colonizer, the owners of the retail space, 
the people who run the system in the sector, they immediately turn their phasers on a cop, on a quote-unquote friend. The system will turn its guns on cops when cops try to apply their same policing back onto the system. And Cisco doesn't hesitate to say, kill him if you need to. No one sees Dr. Mora or themselves as the baddie, and it's Odo who is the monster of the week, who is imprisoned, who is tased, and Dr. Mora is fine. Everyone else is fine, and no one feels guilty about anything and wouldn't even know why they should feel guilty. Not Cisco, not Dax, who's lived countless lives. This episode really made me feel icky. Dr. Mora gives his speech where he somewhat recognizes he was Odo's imprisoner. And later, when Odo is in the infirmary, also gives a speech saying he now hears Odo and wants to recognize Odo's humanity. Odo acting the way he did, the hypothesis is it was because of the gas, but it could also be from seeing Dr. Mora. Dr. Mora himself doesn't seem fully convinced it was the gas, and Odo has no respiratory system, which Dr. Mora knows. Odo is literally of two minds in this episode. We saw the alternate Odo. He said in this episode it's not in his nature to break rules, and he's also been so manipulated by Dr. Mora. But he also deep down hates Dr. Mora. But he also hates the rules of quote-unquote exploration and what's allowed within those rules. There's a lot of atrocities that can be committed within the name of exploration and science that somehow doesn't break any rules. That's something to really think about. So Odo couldn't do it as himself, but had to spin off into a different being to revolt against the explorers. What's funny is, I saw this episode on what used to be known as Columbus Day, and this episode was just the right vibe for how fucked up Columbus really was. But also that indoctrination, just as we saw in this episode with the crew. Like today, liberals are like, Columbus is bad because he was a colonizer, genocider, and enslaver. But U.S. founders, good. And let's write music for them. Europe, still good. West, still good. Columbus' legacy, bad, yet Western civilization isn't, even though that's his legacy. Columbus himself didn't directly genocide all those people. When they're talking about that, they're talking about him coming here and getting Europe here meant the founders came here to North America and genocided all those indigenous people, right? Like people seem unaware of that. What do they think they mean by Columbus's genocide? The characters in this episode lacked self-awareness. There's a saying, scratch a liberal, a fascist bleeds. I think you could say liberals are conservatives without any self-awareness. There's a colonial bias that's so ingrained within the U.S. So I think these scenarios Deep Space Nine presents can help us have these conversations in an interesting way. Scott, what did you think about this episode? Um, I thought I was I thought this episode was gonna be another like, oh, we're just getting through it sort of episode. And it wasn't because I, I yeah, I just want to see more about Odo. I wanna have more context and sympathy for Odo, not the part of Odo that is a constable, not for the parts of Odo that I have a lot of trouble with, but the the part of Odo that is is taken advantage of and exploited and is lost 
I'm interested in Odo finding themselves. And I think that's interesting for the story. So for a, so I give it a 3.5 for a non-mythological episode. Even as a cop, I think that's something we could explore because if we think about people who serve the empire, the military, things like that, going back to some of your experiences that you talked about that happened today, indigenous people in the U.S. disproportionately joined the U.S. military, right? So there is this history. Same thing with police. There's a lot of recruiting from racialized communities. Just in my area, there's like several recruiting offices for both military and the police always come to try to recruit people, Latinos and Koreans from the community. So there's a whole history then, which I would argue Odo is part of that same history where you take somebody who's been oppressed and then you have them join the system that oppressed them. Oh, yeah. And then what happens? Oftentimes, they have a lot of unprocessed trauma and they're trying to reconcile these things that are hard to reconcile or sometimes they themselves turn reactionary. But is it all consensual? Did you accept this as the way it is because that's what you really chose or is this the conditions? You know, it's less harmful, less painful to just be like, this is the world I want than to say I'm living in a world I don't want. I need to think more about it. But with that, Scott, can you tell us a bit about the next episode? Armageddon game. Uh, Bashir and O'Brien try to intervene in a war, and I'm sure nothing bad happens. <laughs> Until then. Bye.